welcome to the joyfulness podcast broadcast joyfulness broadcast <laughs> guess who i have today it's number four with eric eric coming in hailing in from last time you were in costa rica i think now you're in mexico we we're just saying eric is a nomad pretty cool living that nomad life what's it like eric living the nomad man i was gonna say we need one of those um like movie backing tracks get like the audience cheer like back for the fourth round <laughs> i'll add that i'll add that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's some high level editing right there uh it's been it's been good i mean it's not it's not necessarily um the easiest thing to do uh at this time of the year and at this time in human history but there are a few a few countries who have opened up and things look reasonably normal um, so it's actually been really good. And in particular, I've had the last three weeks um, to myself. So I've been completely alone, uh, which has been amazing. Amazing. Every time I, I spend like significant time only by myself, really good things happen. It's definitely not something I'm totally interested in doing for several months or several years at a time. But oh my God, it is uh, the few times I've done it where spending like a few weeks plus just by myself um, have been extremely powerful. So catch me at a good time. Awesome. Can you tell me more about this time by yourself? What's, what's powerful about it? Um, so one aspect that makes it really powerful is that there's no there are much fewer reference points for your identity right like we're such we're such social creatures and even if you have like one friend or if you're staying with a group of people or if you're staying in hotels or or like um uh what are they called hostels right you're you're in like a community of people and you always have that like persona that you yeah you have the persona you're like judging how you act and changing how you act uh based on based on just not wear pants you know (laughs) yeah exactly exactly and you just when you're by yourself, that just completely goes away. And it's actually, I find it very freeing, right? Because you don't, you actually just get to kind of mold and create your own identity. Mm. Really, really checking in with just who do I want to be for me? Like before I'm trying to make anyone else happy, before I'm trying to do anything else with anyone else, like who do I want to be for me? Um, And then of course you just get all the free time, space, attention and energy you want to actually start putting that into practice which is uh, just probably the second part of what makes it so powerful is you really get to see what it's like to be you. Like, do you just fuck off and watch Netflix literally 24 <laughs> seven? You know, how do you keep up with exercise? Like, do you go for meals by yourself or do you like stay inside the whole time? Like, it's really, it's, yeah, you're in relationship with yourself only. And that brings up a whole lot. Like, do you actually like it? I think half the, half the reason a lot of people don't do this is because they don't like it. I don't want to spend that much time with myself. Oh, and, right. That's- I'm like, damn, if that's how you feel, like you should investigate that. You should probably spend <laughs> more time you alone time and figure that probably. out. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That's very powerful. Yeah. I guess we forget how, how much we're influenced by our environment. We say, oh, no, no, no. But like, come on, do you not wear any pants outside? So you're influenced by your environment. Otherwise, you'd be really happy to not wear pants outside. This is a silly example, but it's still 
speaks to the point. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like the other thing is, it's just such a, it's such a mirror. You can't run away from anything. Cause it's like, maybe someone gives you a text that makes you really frustrated and you know, you can't like run away to anyone else. You know, if you, if you pop open Netflix to distract yourself from it immediately, you're just like, Oh fuck, I see what I'm doing here. Like, God, I'm running away from this thing. Or you just have to sit with it. And so it's just a very powerful container, I think, to take right. deeper looks at yourself. And so I, I, yeah, I've come to appreciate these extended solo times. Yeah, I understand that more, right. And when you said, or oh, run away from something, someone came up, um, I read, I saw like a little statement and it just resonated with me. And I was like, wait, yeah, true this. Um, it was just, why run away or why are you running and that's actually yeah. a really good question like why <laughs> why do you think why why damn i, I think it's because people don't actually want to see what they're like because mm -hmm. you can run away from a whole lot you can run away from pain that you're in right because largely no one actually wants to take a good look at that and you know for good reason it's not it's not easy it's not necessarily enjoyable but i mean it only starts to uh heal or recede when you start looking at it and i think a lot of oh how do i want to say this we've almost built an entire culture around facilitating the process of running away from your pain really flashy sports industries and entertainment industries <laughs> and all the like all the all the legal and all the like recreational drugs are entirely like escapist they're entirely like numbing um uppers down or like a whole lot of shit just to move you away from the things that you don't want to feel um right yeah yeah i think the other point on running away like uh yeah, running away from stuff is just, it could actually be quite disappointing. It's way easier to say like, oh, I'm, I'm such a good person. I've got all my habits in check. I've got everything nailed down. But if you actually have to like look at it and own the ways that you're still not living up to that, again, not necessarily fun. So it's way easier ah, just to default wait, wait, wait. to something else. But why is it not fun? It could be fun though. It could it be, could be yeah. But why isn't it fun? It, it takes uh, honesty. That's an entire perspective. Like um, looking, it's a, it's almost a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Like, yeah, there is a, there is a perspective on yourself where actually, yeah, give me all the feedback you can get about me and where I'm not in alignment and where I'm still playing it small, like give it to me so I can address that. And there is a, there is a perspective where actually like, you'd be like, yes, please like yeah. running towards yeah. it but it's definitely i i would not say that it is the dominant oh, perspective no. in modern Probably. culture and yeah so because it's not yeah. like people do not people just do not have that that instinctual or default reaction to it it's actually like well yeah think of how most people react to feedback about themselves most people get really apprehensive really um spiky they're like they're like porcupines they're like no don't fucking don't tell me that you talking shit like leave me alone right like yeah a lot of a lot of people just don't want to hear it right it could it be that well i was actually just writing something on this before about um 
I was trying to distill it into two, two simple alignments that we can have in our life. Um, just two. And what came up for me was we can either be aligned with appearance, which is essentially like vanity, how we seem, um, which doesn't even have to do, which is a cool, this is a cool one. Um, it's not just to do with what we have um, and what we do and how we want to, the titles, the cars, the houses, the family, the partners, it's not about that. It's actually, what's really cool is that the subtlety of appearance is actually care, like trying to manipulate the opinions of others to seem a certain way. But our whole society seems to have that quite ingrained in it. Like, you know, that's a lot of people around us. That's how we, that's how we live. So if someone comes, maybe that is where the disappointment comes in. Cause we're like, so used to living this life committed to appearance basically we have to keep up appearances i don't know why i'm bringing up the, the pants thing again but you know you don't want to, you don't want to seem like this, this dude who has no pants on the street i just think that's a great example like if you if 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 i or if anyone actually this is pretty cool the extremes are always nice to reveal some sort of truth for me um if you don't walk with pants on and that makes you feel uncomfortable, why? Why Why does that make you feel uncomfortable? I mean, the first thing that's going to come to mind is it going to make everyone feel uncomfortable. Like, you know, but why? Really? Is it going to make... I think a mystic wouldn't care. A mystic wouldn't do it for the sake of social, you know, to keep others happy and not um, <laughs> be arrested for public indecency just as a functional matter. But in terms of internally, they wouldn't feel anything. But most of us would. would be like, oh... I don't want to, you know, what, what will others think? Will I be incarcerated? Which is, you know, if you don't want to be incarcerated functionally, I understand. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> appearance. <laughs> you know, it, it looped back to the, the social identity thing for me. Like, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people base their value on what other people think of them as if their own opinion of themselves is just inconsequential or not valid in some way. And so, yeah, like you're constantly, this is like the most difficult. I think we talked about this at one point playing mental chess right. where you're like, it's such a process to, you're essentially trying to manipulate the opinions of other people, which is largely like impossible. It's just <laughs> too much effort. Like you just cannot force the way other people act and behave despite your best efforts. Like, yes, you can leave a kind of like trail of breadcrumbs, like hoping that they'll follow it and eventually be like, ah, oh, yeah, this person is awesome. Or they're so cool. Or like, Oh, I really respect them. But to do that with every relationship you have in your life so that they're all mirroring the same sentiment back to you is exhausting. And that's why actually I think people who are heavily invested in managing their appearance, it's almost all they can do because you have to manage so yeah. many changing things and so many people, <laughs> it becomes a full-time job, just managing yeah. your appearance and other people, which is like, a, in many ways, it's still a fool's errand because despite your best efforts, you always have that doubt of like, well, I can't force them to do this. Like, do they actually, is this bullshit? Do they just, 
are they just nodding along because they think they have to because they're also <laughs> playing that same game with me and it's just it's just an absolute mess and i think there's a also just a very simple solution which is like cultivate a relationship with yourself where you love yourself enough that it actually doesn't matter if people like you or they don't mm. it's not to say like it's not to say that you should reject other people's opinions right that's not it's basically sociopathic right that's not desirable when the opinions of other people mean literally nothing to you but damn you should start from that core confidence and then actually take feedback from others if they say if they're mirroring back positive things about you dude awesome cool like that's a nice little signal and if people are actually taking issue with something you're doing might be worth checking into right, right? people have perspective that you can't see mm. it doesn't have to it doesn't have to shake the entire foundation of your self-worth but <laughs> like yeah it's definitely it's worth it's worth taking in at least considering it and if it's useful own it if it's not just put it back down yeah like a little feedback system rather than a over like a anxiety inducing stress thing it doesn't have to be a stressful thing it could just be like yeah. oh maybe i'm not saying something oh okay right there you go <laughs> yeah we are very social creatures though that's i think that's quite part of our identity i mean shame seems to do entirely with with that like group exclusion yep. it's always like a really primitive way to um to ensure this is how i see it at least shame if we're like looking at the evolution of humanity over time and animals it seems like a really like primitive way um to ensure coherence like because if you don't then you're going to feel shit um, oh absolutely yeah but it's yeah not the only way because you could also at the same time like you were saying out of so out of love and compassion you could also you know you don't want to upset people and that's all right so you can do what yeah this is a tough one because I, I found this within me as well there's that part that doesn't want to upset people doesn't want to um but at the end of the day that's also a form of manipulation <laughs> um because mm. i don't know is it i'm not sure what do you think about that one. I mean, I think it's just showing up at good faith. Right. Like, um, I've been talking with a few people about this recently. It's funny we came here about uh what like real compassion is. Because mm. this is something that I think the spiritual community is kind of immature in, you know, the constant like love and light folks where they're just always saying the nicest things with the biggest smiles to people which there is an element of compassion to that, like mirroring back good things in people. That's beautiful. But there's, um, you know, there's almost another like level of compassion where if you actually see something that you think your friend or your family or someone is doing wrong, that's hurtful to them, that could lead them in a path they might not like, it's actually compassionate to say that to them being like, Hey, I think you're actually fucking up. Like, I think you're doing something really stupid. Like maybe, maybe take a look at this. The extreme example of this is something like an intervention, right? Someone's on like a self-destructive path and you know, the, the people who care about them host an intervention. They're like, look, I care about you. It's highly compassionate. And, and to bring it, to bring it back to the shame thing, like 
you can say those things in a way that doesn't have to be mean, that doesn't have to be hurtful, right? If it does, if the person literally cannot take feedback and gets upset, like you couldn't control that. This is again, the controlling people thing. Like you literally cannot control how they respond, but you can't control how you convey the message, how you show up to that thing. Mm. And yeah, you can control whether you say it or not to them. But I mean, if you are trying to be really compassionate and you see something that they might not see, like say it, but you don't have to say it like an asshole, right? You can say it in good faith. Like, Hey, you know, I care about you. You know, I love you. I've noticed this thing happening. I think that could, you know, I think that could be harmful to you, to people you care about, or it's bothering other people. I just want to let you know. And hopefully, you know, most reasonable people would be like, yo, wow. Uh, I'm going to take a look at that, you know, thank you. And yeah, some people will just be like, no, nah, you're an idiot. Fuck off. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear that, which is also fine. Like, yeah, you can, you can say challenging things in a way that isn't just completely rude or completely doesn't consider their feelings. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's such an interesting, um, about compassion. What is most compassion? What comes up for me in this one is also control because sometimes we see something and we say, ah, I think it should be different to this, but if we take like a sort of radical humility stance, who are we to say anything? <laughs> we don't see the full picture. We don't know. Um, but if, if, if it's like, sometimes it might spontaneously come up that, that it's, it's a tricky one, right? Cause sometimes for the highest good, it's to intervene. Sometimes it's not. Um, there's no really like, there's no way to know other than intuitively you, you can just sort of, have a gauge but even then it could be wrong sometimes um do i intervene do i not it's totally sometimes it might make things worse other times yeah. it might resolve the situation um but yeah i don't think can this is a really interesting point you bring up because i've seen it recently as well um when, when people try to control others out of care and love for what they think will bring them happiness it actually yeah. is the worst thing you can do for someone because what I've seen within myself just through honesty and through others is that we just want to feel free. And if someone constrains us, even if it's for the perceived um, good of us, we still feel that constraint. But if someone lets us be self-destructive in our behavior, <laughs> sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, sometimes having that freedom allows us to I don't know, suddenly out of nowhere, you just like look at yourself and you're like, what am I doing? But if you have that constraint, you're always fighting against it. It's like if you put a constraint on someone, they're going to be pushing against it. So yeah. there isn't that space yeah. for that just like spontaneous, what am I doing <laughs> to arise? Um, so probably the most you could do is just pray and love someone just as they are rather than want to make them different. And sometimes that might come up as an intervention, but sometimes not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you, I think you nailed two things right there. <laughs> Um, so the one thing of kind of letting the world unfold as it will, like part of that is the things that arise in you are just as perfect as the things mm. unfolding in front of you. Right. And if there is this like urge, the genuine, like a genuine authentic urge of like, oh, this is actually moving me to act. It's actually moving me to like say something or do something. Like that's the same unfolding 
the great you know it's the same great flow of life as anything else and you can honor that too and the thing i think you actually really nailed there was like yeah you don't have the whole picture on them but they also don't have the whole picture because you're holding a piece of it inside <laughs> of you and that's why that's why again like the opinions and feedback of people you can take it in and like entertain it and like see if it if it clicks if it fits mm. and if it if it doesn't that's actually fine it doesn't need to be this groundbreaking thing but the world has just shared some perspective with you it shared a piece of information that you didn't have before right it's like put a piece of the puzzle in for you and again it might not be the most central thing that's totally cool it might also be the like piece you were looking for the whole right. fucking time yeah yeah so in that way it can also be a gift that you give people where it's like look you can yeah. take this or leave this but like this is what's emerging inside Ooh. of me oh, oh yeah yeah this is a good um my friend uh has a great question that i think would help with this because i think the most important thing is if it comes out of love then that's what's important so is this is this coming out of love or fear i think that's a great question to ask yeah which will reveal um because usually the fear one they don't really help <laughs> the loved one does um there's nothing wrong with fear it's just that when we're energized by it we tend to be blinded to the obvious or to the clear yeah and the the fear thing is the fear thing is self-centered it's like you trying to protect yourself mm. in some way because you think they're going to mess things up for you it's actually not rooted in them at all the love thing is actually like i have empathetic i have empathy for that person i want the best for them and through that love i actually have apparently emerging inside of me something to convey to them or something to like give them right. so yeah like the fear thing the fear thing is it's not even it's not even for them it's for your mm. own comfort safety security whatever right and you bring up something that, that brings up something <laughs> um <laughs> so the, you said me what i've noticed this is just like I like direct directness, right? I, f I figure if um, if we can, let's say, move up the mountain in the most direct way possible, and let's say that that most direct path will lead to the least amount of suffering, then that's really, that's a great thing, um, you know, to alleviate unnecessary suffering instead of go around the, the so many loops. Um, so one of the most direct paths I've seen is... Um, if you notice all these things revolve around me, <laughs> me, it's all about me. What I think, what yes. I, what others think of me, 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 me. So a cool one is to just start to understand this me. I mean, may as well, <laughs> you know, like you said, like spending time alone to, to just get to know who this me is and all these ideas. And a lot of it tends to come down to constructs. There are so many constructs we identify with that have nothing to do with us, but we've identified with them. So now they have everything to do with us <laughs> experientially. Um, and we can just like shame, shame completely dissolved if you forget about yourself. Fear completely dissolves yeah. if you forget about yourself. And it's, yeah, this is something that I've been sitting with more recently is that at any moment, because for me, prayer is very, something that helps incredibly. Um, just praying to feel better, to feel 
relieved to see things differently. Usually it's to see things differently. Um, every time I pray, I get a result. Oh, I like, there's quite a quick, quick response. Results, probably the wrong word. <laughs> there's a quick response every time I pray. Um, yet I don't always pray. Sometimes I'm lingering in just out of sheer habit in the, in the, in the whatever current view that brings suffering, brings some sort of unease instead of praying about it to see it differently, trying to figure out, trying to solve it, trying to linger in it, which is so interesting. Yet if I, and what's interesting about it is it all revolves around this character called me. It's all me, me, but prayer is actually forgetting me. It's about forgetting me. To me, that's what prayer is. It's forgetting me and looking to dissolve in this greater understanding, greater perception, greater perspective, something good that Hawking says, says there's no, there's no problems. Every problem is just perceived from a limited perception. Um, but if you see everything in an all encompassing way, there cannot be any problems. That's a really cool one to remember. But yeah. I'd be interested to hear what that brings up within you. <laughs> uh, resounding agreement, resounding agreement. Like another, a lot of people say that they want to act from love and good intention and do things for the collective and all of, you know, things that are nice to say. But I mean, a fun, a fun thing to actually try is like sit, sit on your meditation cushion, sit on your bed and don't do anything until it's no longer motivated through like self-gain. Like don't even move. Don't do anything until it's not like motivated for yourself. Like you are not the, the end goal of that. And you will probably stop doing like 95% of the shit that you were doing <laughs> because like literally just so much of your life is just self-absorbed. Like I am the end and the means, like I'm just going to do stuff for myself. And it's a uh... damn. There's a, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. One I think is fear when I think it's just selfishness clinging again to the illusion of ego, right? The sense that, you know, there's always the classic, um, oh, well, once I get this much money, once I get this car, once I get this house, but the ego is, the ego has a, it's a bottomless pit. There is nothing you can, there's nothing you can put into it that will fill it. It has the just capacity for all that you're willing to give it and it will never be full. Um, but yeah, I think you're a hundred percent right. And you can, there are practices, there are techniques, there are streams of thought, there are religions that quite systematically can get you either glimpses or increasing amounts of like a lasting experience of, damn, I'm not doing this for me. Like I am totally happy to have life come up through me and like, like a puppet, like just animate me for the world, for people, for life itself. Um, yeah. And I mean, that is, that becomes, you are just a vessel at that point. And there's a, this I think says a lot about people. I think a lot of people, when they hear that, um, they kind of, they kind of pull away. They kind of shrink back where it's, cause it's kind of deterministic. It's like, well, what, you mean you have no agency and you're not doing anything and, you know, what about your life and your sovereignty? And it's like, this is all still ego shit talking right now. 
Like, why do you need all these petty things? You need to be entertained constantly. Like, ah, there's a much more comfortable, expansive place when you just take your seat as part of the unfolding of life and actually just kind of watch intently and excitedly of like, what am I going to do next? Like, what is, what is going to come up through me in service to people? Mm. And yeah, like there's a, it does require a kind of surrender, a kind of surrender of the small self, which again, scares a lot of people, which again is why we've built a freaking civilization around distracting us from that and not being still and not sitting down and not spending time with ourselves. Right. It all just fuels in this giant mess that you can kind of sidestep. It's not, it's not easy. It's, like it's definitely a process that's why you know we always talk about this stuff in terms of a path like there's like a progression to getting comfortable with that but you can get glimpses of it and it's actually beautiful it's not this terrible authoritative punishment of like no you just have to be in service to the collective (laughs) it's actually this very beautiful thing and there's like levels of like um there's levels of energy, there's levels of vitality that come through that are like reserved only for when you're actually serving other people. Like mm. you can just go for days and days and wow. like with like high energy, clean output because it's like, it's the force of life moving through you. It's not mm. your like forcing function of, oh, I need to do this so that I can get something so that I can have this so that I can finally feel good. Of course, you have to force all of that. It's it's like Sisyphus. It's like pushing this giant boulder up a mountain. Of course, that tires you out because it's it's nonsense. Like you should just walk back down the hill and ask people what they need. <laughs> <laughs> That's what do a- you want? How can I help? Like, oh yeah, right. Uh, just ask. Just asking. That's something that never often doesn't cross out. I've got to figure it out. I've got to figure it. But hey, you know, you could just ask people. Hey, what do you want? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and like we both have we both have such a deep respect for the work of of David Hawkins and a lot of the a lot of the teachers in this space and again it's one of those things where it sounds conceptually like so ridiculous but it's actually just at least for me this deep deeply wise truth of like look if you want to get rid of your problems stop thinking about yourself like if you were not if you never had another thought about what you consider to be you you would also have no problems because it's only the you that has any problems, right? Like right. it sounds, it sounds ridiculous, but like that can be a lived experience where you're actually not focused on the little unit right here. And you're just focused on, you're almost not focused on anything. You're almost just letting yourself be animated, right? Like, what do I need? What does the, what's being called through me right now? And your mm. problems will go away. Problems right. will go away at that point. That sounds like um, I heard of, it's called the golden rule um, where it goes something along the lines of, I don't know it exactly, but I sort of get a feel for it from what was said to me. Um, anytime you have a problem, uh, forget your problem and think of God. <laughs> oh, it could be for those that are, <clears throat> if, if God's a nicky word, you could be equally, you could say, forget you yourself and think of life. And you could just, yep. you could do that. You know, we could all do that. I could do that all the time, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. So there's just, just this, there's this self 
um, I find is quite interesting. What I've learned is to try uh, stop trying to change it, actually, the selfishness, because it's still within me. I just stop trying to change it. Instead, just exploring it and witnessing it as it comes up. Um, and also what helps helped me was to was was actually if we go to Hawking's was Hawking's disarming the um, hatred of it or like resentment or resistance of it. There's like there's a fun thing he says. He says whatever someone says you are, insist you are more of that. So if someone says you're selfish, you insist that I am the most selfish person in the world. I will get you everything uh, that you need. I'm a liar. I'm the best liar in the world. <laughs> Um, and the cool one about that is, you know, something that I really liked to watch as a kid and watched recently was the men who built America. Um, that was entirely all self-motivated. The whole country was built by these people, but that's just the evolutionary nature of life. Like that's what needed to be done at the end of the day. And the cool thing is that the way I see it is it's all evolutionary. So there's nothing wrong with anything. It's just evolutionary. At one point you, you have, at one point you had to kill to stay alive. Like, and we all had to, we all have inherited that past where we've collectively killed and probably brutalized a lot of people um, <laughs> in the past. At the same time, that's just how things were back then. That's how we saw things. That's what made sense to us. Um, it's the way we carry, but there's nothing wrong with it at the same time. You know, like if you look at it at apes and they are monkeys and when they go berserk and kill each other that's just their nature you know they have that within them same thing with us we have that within us and it, in terms of hawking's this great thing he says as well it's like be honest with yourself and you'll see that when someone cuts off cuts you and it cuts you off in traffic or something the thing you do, if there were no rules, if there was no restriction, there would there would be at least a part of you that would just kill them, <laughs> would just chop off their head. It'd just be like, no, nah, screw you. Why are you killing me? Because you disagreed with me. <laughs> there is that part within all of us. But the really cool thing for me is, for me, that part's not gone. It's still there, but it's now just a funny joke <laughs> instead of like a resisted, denied thing. It's just a fun little joke. Um, Humor is just so powerful like that. It just helps you own everything and just have fun with it instead of feel pity and resist it and cry about it. Why are you crying about it? It's just, again, who are we to say how things should be? This is how life is. This is the evolutionary nature of life. Are we to tell life we know better than it, better than billions of years, better than God? Very often, that's what I hear all the time. Not necessarily in what people say, but definitely in what they mean. They're saying, hey, I know better than life. I know better than God. <laughs> this is how it should be. <laughs> okay, man, you deal with that karma. I'm going to just sit over here and just uh, enjoy the trees. Yeah. Honestly, honestly. And this has become like, this is probably the, I don't know what to call it. Maybe the like Rubik's cube puzzle, spiritual puzzle I've been sitting with the most recently is like a lot of spiritual practitioners I think it's easier for us to accept like that everything out here in the world is unfolding perfectly just as it should. It's a lot harder to accept that the thing unfolding inside of you is also a part of that exact perfection. Ooh. Right. And so like, if you, if you can or are able to actually sit with the idea that everything that has ever happened is unfolding perfectly, right. Like it is the great, it's the grace of life just unfolding perfectly. That also means that 
your feeling that this thing is not perfect is also <laughs> part of the perfection unfolding, right? And actually just owning that and being like, again, it just, I'm at the point now of like, like a, so what question where it's like, <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't think this is, I don't think whatever the way government is run is well, I don't think the economy is good. And then it's like, okay, so what are you going to do about that? Like, what is the actual action being called forth here? Instead of just sitting with this, like, uh, what, why am I doing this? Cause yo, look, you are not separate from the whole beautiful landscape uh, unfolding in front of you. Like you are just as much a part of it. Every little anxiety, neuroses, like depressive thought is also just part of the perfection unfolding. Right. Right. I think it can be super hard to sit with that. Cause it's also, it also comes like baked in with this expectation that, well, if I'm part of the perfection, I shouldn't have any sad thoughts or I shouldn't get anxious about speaking to people or, you know, why have I not solved all the world's problems yet? It's like, well, that's just how life wants to unfold. And again, it takes just this relentless, relentless surrender to it. Relentless surrender of like, oh, okay, I'm actually going to grieve today. Like, I feel really bad about what the fuck is going on in the world. And I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to be sad about it because that's how it wants to happen. Right. It, it's super tricky because it's also like, well, the part of you that is like, well, yeah, but I don't want to be fucking sad. I want to experience bliss all the time. I want to be the best person I can be equally just as much the same perfection unfolding <laughs> it's like um what comes up is it's it's and both rather than either or um moving away from the, exactly yeah so it's like the world is accepting the world for what it is right now whilst at the same time accepting any any desire to uh, give something or live a different different life um what I've noticed is there seems to be this like collective field around like, cause I watched a YouTube video or I just saw a little YouTube video. Farmer becomes uh, finance from finance to farmer. Um, there's like this little collective field. It's really interesting. It just came up. I didn't read it. I just saw it. And I'm like, wait, that's cool. Um, since everything is intertwined, all of life is, there is only, this is such a cool one. There's only life. Everyone reading this is life that's all there is <laughs> so all of life is life and life life is life i don't know life knows what life is and so therefore what is required um for the highest good of life so there's like this co cool collective emergence of just people for some reason just dropping off and being like hey you know what i'm just gonna be a farmer it's almost like life is preparing for something <laughs> like it, it knows that i don't know there's a, some sort of change but not doing it. I think the trouble is that we then project our own con concepts onto it all. We project our concept. We say this, it's all bad. It's all has to change and fight the power, but actually life isn't really that life doesn't life just sort of shifts. It doesn't argue or it just changes. <laughs> it just evolves. It doesn't have to say anything. You know, we could actually just silently all change without having to make wrong anything. Um, isn't that cool? Yeah, you can just like, hey, I'm just gonna be a farmer now. Why? I have no idea. Bye. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's like if you put a if you put like a big rock or something in a river, like the water just immediately immediately starts going around. It's mm. it's just effortless reaction. This absolutely effortless reaction. It's not like ah, oh, there's an obstacle. Ah, oh, who did this? Why would you do this? <laughs> this is so bad. This rock is so stupid. It's just immediate, like without literally without thought, like without thought, just an an uh, immediate reaction to whatever happened, and actually again like we're, we're still pointing to this thing of like you can actually do that like immediately even your emotions like all the emotions that come up are largely like activating signals like do i feel more activated right now if so can i actually just kind of drop back and see what that activation wants to do like does it want me to go write something go say something get up and move around cry laugh jump like what what is actually being uh triggered by that thing or the same thing like ah the rock came down like oh do i feel passive about that like is there passivity arising like should i go sit down should i go right like there's still ah here's how i want to say this you actually have the capacity to react as immediately as the water like like mm -hmm. does when the rocks put down the mind can't react that fast. It needs to think through the whole fucking thing. It needs to find all the contingency plans, like <laughs> do the statistical analysis. Like it just can't, it doesn't, it doesn't move that quickly. Yeah. But there is a force that can animate you that quickly. You know, one of my favorite examples is um, when you put your hand on a stove, like there's actually nerves along your spine that pull your hand away. Because if it waited for it to get to the, if it waited for the signal to get to your brain and you figure out what the fuck to do, your hand be done. Your hand would just be toast and like you'd be melting <laughs> your your finger bones at that point. It's actually it's it's pre it's pre awareness, quite frankly. It's pre thought though. Like it's just such an immediate. And yeah, I think what a lot of like the ancient. A lot of what some of the ancient wisdom traditions did was calm the mind down enough to a point where actually all of their movements, just all of their, their entire way of being became that natural effortless flow. Wow. And I mean, that's basically Wu Wei and like Chinese Taoist thought, like, like non-action or non-doing because you're not doing anything. It doesn't mean you're sitting on your ass for your entire life you're still doing a lot like the the unit the human vessel is doing things it's just a it's like precognitive yeah it's just immediately animated by life and the movement of life and man again that's a it's so easy to think of that as this like helpless puppet space but actually you have immense power you have immense energy you have extremely quick reaction time not like reflexes, but I mean, like if something extremely challenging presented itself to you, like you got laid off or someone died or something, you would have an immediate appropriate response to it. And I think, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, there are a lot of wisdom traditions that actually just, that is the path you're cultivating that immediate spontaneity of life and letting it animate you and move you just like it moves water around rock. And yeah, that's a place of no problems. That's a place of effortless action. No matter how hard it is, 
So you can do really challenging things that you didn't think you could have because you were thinking that you couldn't do them. Right. right? Like that's a very, it's actually a very beautiful space to be in, despite the fact that so much of global culture right now thinks or imagines that would be a terrible, terrible space to be in if mm. they're not in master and commander figuring all this out and uh, taking action. I think that's a that's one of the great illusions of this uh, this so-called character me <laughs> um, exactly. is that it's in control of everything and is. But actually, if you really just pay attention, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to meditate. You just start paying attention more and just observe things rather than constantly talk about them in your head to yourself, <laughs> which is what we usually do. <laughs> um, if you just start observing things, you'll start noticing that everything's happening of its own. Nothing. There's no master control unit controlling it. Even like, there's like the analogy of, um, you know, we say I made this apple fall from the tree or I made this happen, but actually life made that happen when we're a part of life. So, you know, life, if the, like, if there was no gravity, the apple wouldn't fall. So gravity made the apple fall. Life made this thing happen. Life made this thing happen. I mean, if we were, if we didn't exist, we couldn't talk, could we? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so there's like a, like a spontaneous, continuous generosity of life that allows everything to happen. And that's the really, that's the upside of letting go of control is you start to see that, hang on, you know, this whole time, it's all been given to you. There's just been this incredible narcissism that always, always says, I did this. I did this. I made this happen. I made the most we can do is be a part of life is go with it. Um, sure. Like, you know, steer, steer ourselves in certain directions, but if that direction didn't exist, we couldn't go in that direction. If that potential, did, what if, if a potential isn't there, we can't activate it. So the most we can do is sort of, activate potential with our intentions but we can't make something happen we can't everything happens of its own it's really cool it's a huge relief even choices choices appear they pop to me it's like mass effect was a game where like you have little pop-up options um and at certain levels new pop-up options emerge for you to click on and communicate with people it's like the same thing for me that uh, what i've witnessed is we can only choose between like an array of options that we're aware of. Um, and those array of options are not really within our control. They're just based on our value system, based on what we prioritize going back to the start. But the really cool thing is when we're in the flow of life, when we, which to me is just a letting go of wanting to control and manipulate everything. And just, it's more of a trust and a faith that life will, life will life <laughs> will do what life does and whatever that is it's not really i don't know my concern it's up to god how he wants to run things um <laughs> when you're in that spontaneity there's these incredible there's like an almost infinite array of options within this spontaneity but you don't know until it happens like very often like i didn't plan to say any of this you know it just happened same thing with like speeches our world if we look at the norm it's like to prepare a speech prepare got to prepare got to write it got to memorize it prepare a slide deck to me it's really difficult to have a prepared slide deck because it just restricts because i never know the spontaneity of the moment would something would just arise based on the energy of the group you know one group you present one thing in one way 
another group you present it in another way, but it's not me presenting it. It's life presenting it to life in the way it knows people probably get it. Um, it's just this incredible freedom to be free. But for me, I've seen that the major obstacle is actually a fear, a fear of letting go of control because of this illusion that I need to keep control in order for things to keep going. I need to know what I'm going to say next. Even that one's been an interesting one. I've been experimenting with more. It's like, hey, what happens if every thought that comes up in mind as a response, what if I just let it go and have no idea what's going to be said next? What would happen? And this happens. This happens. So it's cool. Yeah. It's just so fun. Yeah. You're, dude, you're absolutely spot on. Because the thing is, again, even the way you frame, even the way you frame that is the result of like a, a certain amount of, I guess, like work on your end or trust or, or faith because the idea that you're not in control of anything would like not cripple most people, but scare a lot of people. And it is exactly why people lock down so heavily on identities and labels and money and just, they just secure themselves because they want this feeling of like, damn, I'm in control here. I know what's coming next. Like I got this. And yeah, it, it actually, I think, is the source of damn near all of our anxieties, damn near almost anything we're doing in culture. Like, why do people want the ability to like one click order food, right? Like, again, it's something super central. I want to be in control of my food. I want to be in control of timing. Like, I want to be in control of everything. But you're just, you're just not. One of, I think, the best examples of this, because he's so good at describing it comes from Alan Watts. Like if you took your fingers and you like took the pulse on your wrist, right? You can feel your heartbeat on your wrist. And there's a distinct sense when you do that, or if you like do your jugular vein near your neck there, you can get a distinct sense of like, I am not doing this. Like there is <laughs> something happening right now yeah. that I'm noticing, like I'm noticing mm. something else happening, but it's your own fucking heartbeat. Like, <laughs> do you, or do you not beat your own heart? And quite frankly, the answer is no, like you don't, you have absolutely no control over what your heart rate is. You have no control whatsoever over the blood filtering of your kidneys, right? Like you just mm. don't do any of that. And yet it's entirely within you. It's entirely within your domain. It's the same thing of like, you know, do you make the sun give light? Most people would say, well, obviously not. So there's one of, you know, you come up against one of two things. Either you do absolutely nothing. You don't even power your own body or thoughts, let alone what, what you perceive as the external world. In that case, you're like the helpless puppet, right? You're just like along for the ride. Or the other side of that is, or you do all of it. You're just not consciously aware of it because mm. you, you do do all the things in your body. You just do it unconsciously. You do it subconsciously. Or you could say, I think what I've, I've liked this a lot more. You do it like super consciously, like you do it above conscious just because you're doing so much. You're doing so much at all times. And that that's the whole argument of like, well, you are God. You are life. You are the thing that does all things. And again, with that, like when you root yourself in that identity, that as your, your locus of, yeah, self-identity of just, I am everything. Well, where's the room for death at that point, mm. right? Like, where's the room for a mistake at that point? Like you, at that point, you just 
you can't die. You can't fail. There's no mistake you can make. You can never be unsafe. All these things. And this is where I think you're correct. Like the freedom, just immense, immense freedom comes from. It's like, mm-hmm. everything is okay. I am okay. Everything is always going to be okay. Everything that arises in me is okay. Everything that happens in front of me is okay. And all I need to do is, if I choose to, actually enjoy all of it because I've made it for myself. <laughs> why not? Like, why not enjoy it? And there is always this, this always happens. There's that little laughter of like, ah, fuck, I just, I just got the joke. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, cool. I remember like, damn, I'm pretty good at creating this stuff. Like this was a pretty convincing game I made here. And it's, it's a good, like, it's a good, this is, this is like the entire basis of Hindu mythology, right? Like the God that puts on the divine play and divides himself and hides himself behind everyone. It's like, look, the same thing that thinks I'm me is the same thing that thinks you're you. Mm. Mm. And, right. And we're just, we're just all here doing something together, <laughs> but it's actually, it is actually, again, only this one fundamental substrate that mm-hmm. takes form as all things mm. and yeah again like that is again this is, this is what shocks me a little bit like if you actually want to be safe like get to an embodied feeling of that like get to the embodied feeling of like you can never actually be in danger this little this little vehicle this little body yeah it can definitely die but that's not that's not you that's mm-hmm. like one little skin cell of the body fading, which like happens millions of times a second. Right. And yet you don't think that you're in any danger. Mm. It's actually a good thing because you, that's how your body stays alive. Right. (laughs) It's like the, the fading of one body is like the fading of a skin cell on the body. Like it's just so insignificant. You don't even notice it Mm. because you are like way, way beyond that, just way beyond that. And that's, that's beautiful to find yourself, to root yourself back in that identity of like, wow, I am the thing that does all things. And God, that is, that is real power. Like that is core power, core security, core bliss, joy, Mm. like whatever you want. And yeah, it can take a fair amount of work to actually like a get that experience like at an embodied, not a conceptual level and to actually believe it and then to have it stay as an abiding feeling mm. rather than a fleeting moment of like, oh, I had this great experience, you know, on psychedelics in breath work during yoga and it went away. Mm. But man, it is possible to just abide, to like sit very firmly at all times in that state. Mm. It's beautiful. Mm. I think that's a really important part. Um, we tend to get so excited and caught up in concepts. Um, be like, yeah, I understand this. For me, what I've come to see is anytime I hear a concept, the best thing I can do is forget it. <laughs> forget it and just enjoy the moment, like enjoy the fun, enjoy the laughter. And then the cool thing about all this is there's no need to believe any of it. There's, in fact, that's just another block. It's another hindrance. There's just, which is cool in terms of the direct path, just letting go is the only thing that's necessary. If you let go of everything, the only thing that's left is that which is left when everything is let go- gone of. <laughs> so if that's what it is, then that's what it'll be. If not, then 
not, but there's one way to find out, eh? There's actually, there's actually the best part about all of this is like the fact that you might not believe all of that is also part of the thing. Like it's also your God given power as the totality of existence to be like, Oh, actually, no, I'm really scared. I'm going to die and be left in like the infinite void. Like that's actually exactly the same part of the perfection. It's the same part of the drama, the excitement, the like, Oh, this is for real. Like this is real table stakes. Like I got to take this super seriously and sweat all the details and control all of it. Like that is just as much part of the beautiful thing. Like, just because it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's like a movie that you watch, like, you know, it's not real, but you can take it seriously. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's why we watch, um, that's why we watch Netflix <laughs> to get swept up in it all. We know it's not real. We don't care, which is really cool. So that speaks to this. I've been mean, Netflix is a great gift from God. <laughs> um, it's a great gift not only to be entertained, but also to understand ourselves because we can all really easily see that we're only watching these, these Netflix shows to feel the emotions. And if, and also, ah, here's an interesting one for me, especially now I will very quickly be able to pick up if someone's a shit actor and I'm not going to watch that show because they are not convincing. They're not convincing. They don't, I'm not sold. I'm not sold at all. And I'm not, why would I waste my time with it? But if there's a show that's really convincing, good actors, great story, great emotional hook, uh, great hook for the next episode, you've got me. I'm hooked. <laughs> you've literally hooked me. Um, and I'm only watching that show. We're only watching that show for that entertainment, for that roller coaster ride. So we can really easily recognize it in a Netflix show. But what I've seen myself is that there's a compartmentalization. There's a say, okay, that only applies to Netflix, but actually that applies to all of life that we're experiencing all of life within ourselves. And we only, we're hooked. We're hooked. (laughs) That's why we're not experiencing that totality. That's why not experiencing what we really are for me is because I'm an addict, you know, be the first to admit I'm an addict to this entertaining emotional cycle, you know, something if it's a good show as well. The only thing that helps me with my addiction is prayer, <laughs> prayer and God and grace. Um, myself, I've tried to overcome these things. It doesn't work very well. <laughs> so uh, prayer is what works for me. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, there's a funny thing here, you know, when people start doing some spiritual work, there's a huge spiritual ego that can come up, oh, right? Huge, huge feelings of superiority and stuff, right? But actually, if if you buy the premise that we were just talking about, right, of like being invested in the show and like suspending your disbelief and being like, no, I want to feel all of this. I want it to be super real. Like I'm I'm here for it. I'm I'm hooked in. I really want to watch this. Then actually, all the people that they call like sheeple or like the normies are actually doing it the best. <laughs> because they're a hundred percent bought in. They're taking this extremely seriously. Like they think everything is fucking a hundred percent real. <laughs> and like, like actually they're doing the best. Like they are in the immediacy of this life, this movie, like this creation, they're actually fully in it. And it's, so it's super weird that, um, yeah, it, it's ridiculous that the spiritual community like puts other people down. 
uh, at all, but particularly the people who take life seriously. Like, actually, it's cool. Like, we just made the case where, yeah, you know, I actually love, you know, fuck all the great movie series, like Lord of the Rings, Matrix, Harry Potter, like all these epic tales. It's like, damn, I want to go to Hogwarts. Like I'm invested <laughs> in this. I want to see like, yeah, magic is real and the sorting hat and the cave trolls and like all of this stuff. There's still, uh, here's how I want to say this. You actually have the capacity to react as immediately as the water like, like does when the rocks put down. The mind can't react that fast it needs to think through the whole fucking thing it needs to find all the contingency plans like <laughs> do the statistical analysis like it just can't it doesn't it doesn't move that quickly yeah but there is a force that can animate you that quickly you know one of my favorite examples is um when you put your hand on a stove like there's actually nerves along your spine that pull your hand away because if it waited for it to get to the, if it waited for the signal to get to your brain and you figure out what the fuck to do, your hand be done. Your hand would just be toast and like you'd be melting <laughs> your your finger bones at that point. It's actually it's it's pre it's pre awareness, quite frankly. It's pre thought though, like it's just such an immediate. And yeah, I think what a lot of like the ancient. I think the right, right. The See, the spirit, like you're the, bought into it, at least be consciously bought into it, is what you're saying. Like, yeah, like own it, like own it. You know, if someone, you know, you're watching Harry Potter and someone's like, yeah, but magic's not real. It's like, well, you dude, fuck off. Like, don't speak. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to watch the movie, man. Like, just let me watch the movie. And to me, the there's a there's a line in Zen of like when I started when I started Zen mountains were mountains and rivers were rivers. Mm. As I practiced Zen mountains were no longer mountains. Rivers were no longer rivers. But then like towards the end of my process, like mountains were once again, mountains and rivers were once again, rivers. And to me, that's like the whole thing. Like you start off like the unconscious character. Another framing I like of this is like NPCs, like non-player characters in video games. Mm. Like you're just, rooted in the game and you don't even know you're in the game or in the movie <laughs> or in the netflix series right. the spiritual path is like coming to the witness where you actually then i guess your identity shifts to witness consciousness where you're like i'm actually watching a movie unfolding in front of me and a lot of people i think kind of, we kind of all get stuck here at some point but i think again like the true like the true enlightenment is just arriving immediately back in the movie willingly being like yeah i actually get to be a character in this movie like how cool is that like this like this will work this is kind of what we're doing with vr right now like imagine instead of actually watching harry potter on your tv like you literally got to go enroll in hogwarts mm -hmm. Like you actually got to go back into the movie. You really like Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's such a good example. Like just, yeah. Wizarding school. Fantastic. Um, yeah. But yeah. Like imagine if maybe the kids of, of like 40 years from now, they'll be able to go to a movie theater, actually put on a VR headset and like be in Hogwarts. I would take that a hundred percent of the time. Like that's so cool. And yet so, so many of like, so many of the spiritual community just sits mm. as the witness. 
like really passive. Like it's an, I think it's a, it's an essential, it's a critical realization of like, oh, there's something else going on here. But there's another step of like, and I want to be in it. I actually want to be in it. I want to be moved by it. I want to feel it. I actually want to know what it's like to be depressed instead of just being numb, right? Or like, or overly stoic where like nothing affects me. I have no emotional response to anything. Mm. Like you can do that. And again, like who's to say, like that's still part of the perfection of life, but damn, like I want mountains to be mountains again. I want to be in in the world that I've created for myself. Like, uh, actually, yeah, I think I'll, I'll stop there. Like, it's beautiful just to have your simple existence, to be nervous and want things and pursue goals. Yes, under the, and this is, this is just the whole process. It's going from the unconscious participant to the conscious partic participant, right? It's actually like, I still want this because I know what's happening, because I know it is the great flow of life, because I know it is the movie I've created for myself, but I still want to be in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just you brought the Hogwarts thing brought something cool to mind. Uh, by the way, how are you for time? Uh, good. 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 All right. The Hogwarts thing brought up something good. Um, you know, you're, you imagine you're like in Hogwarts on VR and you're enjoying it. You're really enjoying it. And someone says, but it's all imagined. It's like, but why, why should that matter? Because <laughs> yeah, the yeah. feelings, the cool thing about um, dreams and cats and dogs and dreams, you see there to them, the dreams just as real as the real life, you know, because they don't have any conceptual models in the way saying this is what this is. And this is what is this is. Um, I really like, or oh, what really resonates with me is the, is Hawking's, uh, moving to radical subjectivity. So like away from all these concepts and to say, like, it's only what we experience. That's what we, that's what we experience. It's not the show. Exactly. It's not even the show. It's how it makes us feel. It's not in the world. It's everything it brings up within us so whether it's imagined or not imagined the experience is the same and that's for me for example how once you move past that hurdle you can actually use imagination in a very um very helpful way to discover yeah. what you feel inside yourself like dreams for me are an incredible way to discover that it's like wait a minute you know this made me feel like i was in a blind rage that's within me. <laughs> That's within me. Thank you, Dream, for helping me see that. But usually what we do is with this conceptual mind, we're like, no, that's not real. And this is real. Why? Because I've said it was. Oh. <laughs> but actually, they're both equally experientially real. Um, and that's so helpful for our growth and for our understanding and exploration. And we can actually, what I've learned to do is watch Netflix consciously. <laughs> um, you know, if you're going to eat, Eat, exactly but you do it consciously enjoy it if you're gonna watch netflix watch netflix but watch it consciously to be like at the same time i'm watching the tv i'd be like okay i'm watching it here instead of trying to fight it and not watch it i'll just watch it but let me at least enjoy it consciously but also understand why 
why am I interested in this? Like, why this character? Why does this, there was this one character and I just hated him. It just brought up this hatred. I'm like, wow, why is this hatred there? Oh, and I'm like, because it brought up this dualistic lens of right and wrong and he was evil. And I'm like, wow, they did that really well. But I'm watching it and I'm discovering about myself at the same time. So all for all the spiritual people who poo-poo Netflix, Netflix can be a greatly spiritual experience. <laughs> um, obviously, it can also be a bit of an addiction, but it can also be a great way to understand these emotional drives and what motivates us because it's the same thing that motivates us in life that it does to watch the Netflix show that we watch. Why horror? Why this? Why that? Yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're spot on. Um, I think you're actually deeply correct, particularly about this imagined, imagined stuff where, oh, everything everyone actually values right now is already imagined. <laughs> like, again, the, like money, we made that shit up. Countries, if you think your country is better, countries are made up. They're just imaginary lines drawn on land. Um, your the story you have about your worth as a human is imagined, right? It's all just constructions of mind. It's all just stuff that's already imagined. But the, the it's the most significant thing to you right now, which is cool. Like again, it was only it was only that framing that was viewing imagined stuff as bad. In no way, like. Uh, the entire world we have was imagined into existence. Someone had to dream up a skyscraper and now every urban hub all over the world has skyscrapers. Like the entire world we live in was imagined into existence. That's literally what humanity does together. We dream up a picture that we want to live in or this is also why like conscious engagement with your life is beautiful. Cause if you don't, if it's just unconscious, we get a bunch of bullshit like this, like gray square buildings. Like no one was consciously thinking like that's, that's definitely the way to go, man. And the other, the other point of like the, the conscious Netflix stuff, which is this is also the path to presence, like deep presence. Cause before you get to that point where it's actually like, I'm totally okay with life and I just want to be in it. You're always either fucking around in the past in memories or fucking around in the future with like anxieties or wishing for something better. You're never actually like deeply in your life. You're either regretting stuff that already happened, being scared about shit that's coming up. But if I think towards the end of this, like whatever circle progression path we've been drawing, like you get to this point of, well, actually, yeah, I just want to be deeply engaged in my life. And when you're sitting there with like Netflix, when you're sitting there with other people, when you're sitting there eating food, you can actually just be there and experience the thing instead mm. of being off somewhere fucking around in your imagination, right? Like it's, goddamn, like all this stuff, it's like the cliches of like, well, it's both, it's both and, it's both mm. and. It's amazing. And actually, it's actually a beautiful present state experience to imagine and envision a beautiful future for yourself and for humanity and for the world like it's actually a beautiful thing to do but also it's just as beautiful to be in the world hmm. in relationship with yourself and with the world 
and just appreciating it as it is right now. And man, I, I harp on this a lot, but like part of the beauty of the world as it is right now is the desire you have in your heart to make it more beautiful. Mm. Actually wanting it to be different, wanting it to change, ideally in a way that is better for you and others and the world itself. Mm. Like it's, it's both. It's always both. It's love exactly what is and love the fact that you actually get to engage with it and, and mold it and shape it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I've had to come back to and see to like re-engage in, oh, in everything. <laughs> re-engage in everything uh, consciously um, and enjoy it. It's so strange. It's like the same thing. It's amazing, right? I find it amazing. If someone takes their, we often think that we have to have a different life. We have like a dream life or we have some something. But actually, if you if you take the exact, so if the listener or anyone, if any one of us takes the life we have right now, and if we just con- consciously choose that life, if we just choose it, instead of because what we're, we're not actually choosing it we're always anxious because we want something else <laughs> we're always scared afraid why but if we just choose to be as we already are that changes our whole as you said texture or our the color with which our life is painted changes it's like everything is changed even watching netflix changes what you probably find is that there's less interest in watching Netflix, still some, if it's a really good show, <laughs> but <laughs> um, generally everything just changes and the whole color of life changes. You're sitting in the, to most people, for example, like sitting in the backyard and doing nothing and just, just sitting. It's like, Oh, was the excitement was the thrill, but the th- actually it's like one of, to me, the most beautiful things is just to sit and just watch the birds in the palm tree or just watch nothing or just, look at the sky because what's been really interesting for me is i've noticed that there's a there's like a real travel culture we have always wanting to be somewhere else but also what's quite interesting is if you listen to travel travel like in the hostels i stayed at everyone would say i did this country i did this country i did this country i'm like okay and then there was this exercise we played in the hostel and it was like what's the most exciting thing you've done it's like so far was to hear and i'm like I was like really excited. I was like, Hey, I like sat in this church before, like which church? Like it was a big cathedral. No, it was just like a church next to like, what? Yeah. That was really nice for me. It was so beautiful. Cause it was literally, it was a very beautiful, very hot, like incredibly illuminating experience for me. But for most of us, like we have this idea of what's exciting, but why limit ourselves to, to this? Why? Like to me, no matter where we go, the experience, uh, the one that's there is always the same. And if we understand who this, what this experiencer is, then all of life opens up and we don't have to go anywhere or we can go everywhere, but it doesn't, nothing changes. It's all just as fun. Yeah. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to do countries. We can just be and enjoy wherever we are. It's such a strange language. I did this country. (laughs) Did you buy it some dinner first? (laughs) Yeah. This is a this is a shining example. This is a perfect example you brought up here. One of the things is like 
it rooted in the question of are you running away from your life again we we spoke earlier of like escaping always wanting to be anywhere other than in your life and in your experience or are you actually running towards life like wow this is an open rpg world and i can go i can go around and explore it and see all the different cultures and the people yes please like i'm in and again i think if people can cultivate a level of genuine honesty with themselves it's it's reasonably apparent which one that is it's the same thing with netflix you know am i am i running away from pain am i trying to distract myself from doing something that scares me you know a whole bunch of reasons or is the creativity of humanity amazing and i want to see some of the stories that we can tell with our imagination same mm. same activity which is like watching a movie or tv totally different intention behind it entirely separate intention and man everything in your life you know travel can be that media can be that yeah damn drugs having fun going out reading everything even spirituality right spirituality can be a i'm in pain and i don't want to be in pain and spirituality can be a running away it can also be a running towards of wow holy fuck like I am the thing that does all things. And I really want to like s settle that truth into my bones. Yeah, the intention thing is huge. It's mm. absolutely huge. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, that was your that was your point about the doing the doing countries thing. This again, just the uh, the ego trying to collect fucking trophies, <laughs> just checking countries off as if it's a race of. <laughs> as if the numbers matter. And that's, that's a big thing about the nomadic stuff is, you know, some people will go to a country for a day, a week and be like, yep, checked it off. It's like, how do the people move? Like, what do they care about? What's the pace of life there? Like you actually need extended stays in places to really see what the life is like. But I don't think a lot of the yeah, the the nomad world cares about that. It's more right. of a it's more of a hit list. It's a trophy wall. Instead of <laughs> instead of money in the bank, instead of cars in the driveway, it's countries you've been to. <laughs> right? It's exact same energy. It's the exact same energy. It's the accumulation of X. It's the accumulation of something to uh scaffold and support just the ego, the uh mm. insatiable ego. Right. Yeah, that is quite interesting. I never thought about um, travel in that way as to like observe. That could be quite a, a fun thing to just like see how the different cultures, what life is like. And it gives you really, could really expand your perspective to see, hey, work doesn't have to be the priority of life. It could be that we like in Italy and France and stuff, they everything started very late <laughs> everything started really late it's a totally different um way of of living and valuing life yeah i mean like i'm in uh i'm in playa del carmen mexico right now and there is a very western touristy section of playa del carmen i'm actually in like the quite literally people would call it like the Mexican part of Playa del Carmen. And it's very, uh, they're not wealthy here. Things are patched up. 
there's broken down cars on the street. And I hear more laughter here than I hear anywhere in public back at home. Wow. And like, that's just, that's just facts. I'm not even going to make an interpretation of that. People can interpret that however they want. But like, again, I've lived in a lot of places in the States. I've lived, I was born and raised in Canada. I've lived in uh, like New Zealand for a bit, like some like modern Western, Western countries and big cities. And I hear more genuine laughter and see more families and communities hanging out than I ever hear anywhere back in, in, yeah what more first world countries first world cities mm. and you know people can interpret that however they will mm. that's a powerful one to just leave the interpretation to say hey this is what is heard just full stop if you keep saying that over time you'll start to get the picture without needing to interpret it <laughs> you just be like wait a minute what are the value systems oh i see exactly yeah yeah that's what i find quite um i find quotes from like native americans really powerful there was this one um treat the treat the river with the same kindness you would give your brother and i thought that was really really beautiful um what's really cool to me is that uh like those cultures the native ones uh that's a potential way of living in the world and it's a lot more it's like the whole world you see is so much different because in order to say that you have to see it like you can't say it if you don't see it so he see that's how they really see the river they see the river as as a friend as a part of life but if you go around to someone and you ask hey do you identify with the river and say what <laughs> is a river a part of you Maybe conceptually, they'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, the river has a, a water and water goes. And conceptually, we have like, and you'd say, yeah, conceptually, the tree has oxygen. But like the natives, you know, they probably didn't know about all that science and stuff. We know about so much science, but we don't have that same perceptual lens. We don't see the sacredness. I actually feel bad for most people because the, like I am very, I'm aware that there's more that the divinity underlying all of creation, there's more of it for me to see. But even the thing that I can see right now every day is incredible. It's like so incredible that a walk anywhere is just beautiful and sacred. But most people don't see that. And it just... Of course, you're on your phone. Of course, you're looking at. Of course, you're trying to distract yourself because you can't see what's around you. You can't see, if you can't see your own sacredness, you can't see your own divinity. You can't see nature. You can't, not as it really is. For me, most birds, I stop and look at the bird and I'm like, no matter what it is, whether it's a hummingbird, I was telling you about hummingbirds before, or even what was really cool recently was I started to be like, wait a minute, because there was some like pigeons or these native birds that uh, like they're everywhere. And I realized, hang on, because I saw this one bird and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Again, asking why I noticed it, but I'm like, wait, so do I value birds based on how rare they are? So I see a really cool bird and I say, this is really cool. Why do I say it's really cool? Because I, this is really rare. I haven't seen it before. Hang on. So what if I perceived every bird in this way? And then suddenly it opened up and I could see birds. I could see that they were all beautiful. It doesn't matter if there's lots of them or not, not a lot of them. They're all exactly 
the same beauty and without that filter of belief saying i value this more than this just actually it's all divinity radiating it's just so fun so beautiful but most people walk around like this they run around with headphones on running around and doing this can't even see there's a sunset in the sky and the, the sky is painted orange and it's incredible and there's rainbows in the sky and no one looks up it's incredible that's the sort of culture we live in it's not a very happy sacred one but it's one that is very good at doing stuff and building um things but i don't think how how is that a measure of 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 success to me success is living life enjoying it because that's what life's for may as well if you're living it may as well enjoy it <laughs> you know yeah 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 and again this is one of the things where people can sit with themselves this is again why the i like extended time in isolation is helpful where it's like what does success mean to me mm. beyond like without the influence of what other people think like if i didn't have to answer to anyone if i didn't have cultural programming like what is actually successful yeah what is the what is the definition of success for me and and like sort these things out with yourself and then have the courage to act on them because if it if it diverges in any slight degree from what common culture says is successful, you will be faced with a lot of raised eyebrows, perhaps more hostile things, depending on, on what it exactly it is you diverge on. But goddamn, like stand in your core power, knowing that you are the goddamn infinite creator itself and, and just own it and just be in your experience. Mm. Like being in your experience is also owning the things you're interested in right? Owning the personality quirks that you have. Like if you like strange ass music, listen to strange ass music. Like don't, <laughs> don't change that. Like if your version of success is how much time you spend on beaches, like own that, like it just <laughs> completely, completely own that stuff. That's and so cool. I had a, I had a comment around the, the indigenous culture uh, comment you were making earlier. Like, yeah, it is baked in to their way of being at such a degree that we have a hard time conceptualizing it. I don't know the name of the culture, but there is a culture that when a, a child's being raised and starts asking like what things are and they point to like a mountain, they actually start it. And like, you'll notice like it's baked into their language. It's baked into like literally the way they think they say, well, that's great spirit manifested as a mountain. And then I point at a tree and it's like, oh, that's great spirit manifested as a tree. And it's actually the fact, the undifferentiated source is the thing that's primary for them. Right, right. Right, like great spirit comes first right. and it comes up in the 10,000 things. It comes up in all these different things, but it's primarily, it's first and foremost, the sum total of everything. And that, again, seems small it's like a small linguistic thing but it actually represents an entirely different cosmology it represents an entirely different way of relating to life um and yeah when when it comes back to to food or rivers or how to get along with other people that's a great perspective oh, yeah. to have because you know your brother is now great spirit manifested as your brother the river yeah. is great spirit manifested and like yeah, great spirit is deserving of joy and reverence and yeah. sacredness and respect. And yeah, absolutely beautiful. And like, 
yeah, there, there are still things that Western culture can remember. We have a lot of remembering to do and actually bringing it in too. like, there's also a lot of beautiful stuff. Like there's the classic line of like science can teach us what is, but not what ought. Like it, it tells you about the thing, but not what you should do with it. It has no place in the realm of like ethics, ethics or morals. But actually like, so if I started with the question of like, well, what should we do with life? Like what ought we do with life? Actually, one of the answers I have would be like, it'd actually be really cool to know it more deeply, to study it and actually systematically learn about this stuff. That would be really cool. Mm -hmm. And it's actually awesome learning about God, the rotation of the planets and the how atoms work. Like at every scale, science does really cool stuff. But it is a it is a fun, it's a fun side quest in the RPG game. It is by no means capable of holding the entirety of our worldviews, our metaphysics, our ethics, our pursuits. Like it is just like a virus, just absorbed and spread into every aspect of life. Mm. And it's just those things are just so far outside the domain of science that it's just it's hurting. It's hurting because you're right. Like we're extremely disconnected from ourselves, from other people and from the world. We're as a result, we're basically killing all three of them. People are committing suicide, (laughs) right? The collapse of civil discourse is just ridiculous. Like no one gets along with anyone else and we're killing the planet in 17 different ways all at the same time. And like, it stems from just this, fundamental disconnection Hmm. deep deep disconnection from what is actually you which is everything like all of it is you all of it is deserving of your attention Hmm. and your love that's uh i think that's a very 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 crucial point um in in order to you know build the sort of have the world that we would like um we have to understand it first. <laughs> we have to understand what we want and what we have to, I think the most important thing is that it's not, it's not in science. The solutions are not in things. <laughs> it's in how we see things. That's where everything comes from. That's the most fundamental thing. And if we cannot see to me, the world as it is makes perfect sense. It just reflects our value system. It reflects our perception. We basically see our, I would call it like a cultural arrogance. We have this like cultural arrogance that we know how things should be. And I hear it in everyone. It's why I don't really resonate with a lot of entrepreneurs because it's like, I know how things should be this one. That's why I resonate a lot more with someone like Charles Eisenstein, who he his primary thing is, hey, I don't know. <laughs> I think a lot more people, if a lot more people realize that hey i don't know that this is actually just an idea that i don't actually know how things will go i don't yeah okay i don't know how impact people's lives i mean you know i'm sure hitler wanted to impact lots of people's lives as well (laughs) uh the so many people impacted everyone's lives in so many ways but why don't we just start because that's like the primary thing with the entrepreneurial language is like hey high impact high impact high impact (laughs) but why not start with the most fundamental question is like hey I actually don't know what's going on here. I don't know how to best impact someone's life. I don't even know who I am. 
should I start with that before I go and impact people's life and tell them th- how they should live their life? And like, what? Yeah, it's in- incredible. It's absolutely incredible. This goes, this goes, I 100% agree with you. This goes immediately back to what we were talking about earlier of, well, actually, you should probably sit down and only move when you're moved by life to serve life. Like when you're not um, pursuing like selfish aims, mm-hmm. because again, you will probably not do 95% of the shit that you do right now. And yeah, I think the entire, oh, not the entire, but like the vast majority of the entrepreneurial startup hustle culture probably wouldn't exist if they waited to be moved by life. Half of them probably be artists or like massage therapists or who the fuck knows. (laughs) But like so many people go into that space. And I mean, dude, I mean, I'm speaking from fucking experience here Mm. because of the whole thing. They're trying, you're trying to scaffold an ego that is just not scaffold. You're trying to feed an ego that is bottomless. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's followers. Maybe it's, and again, the, you're a hundred. I'm also fully agreeing with you on the, uh, you just don't know what your actions are good for. And mm. you just, you just can't. My favorite example is kind of, kind of silly, but like in London, uh, maybe 1800s. I don't, I don't exactly know, but they had a problem with the streets being filled with horse shit because there were so many horse and buggies. They're like, fuck, I wish we could get rid of this. And actually one of the things that got rid of the horseshit problem was the steam engine, cars. So cars were invented to solve the problem of horseshit. And everyone was like, this is fucking amazing. This is so awesome. I'm so happy. <laughs> and now it has an immense problem because everyone has a car and we are deeply polluting the entire planet. Our home is going to burst into flames and collapse <laughs> on us if we keep using cars and transport and all of this shit. Like, yeah, so um, there was a, it was a, yeah, it was like a good, something that was touted as an incredible breakthrough that just took a little bit of time down the line to become an immense problem. Exactly. That's what, that's what I question. Like, I don't know the answer. I have no idea, but there's just something within me. Every time that there's this new business, there's this new thing. My question would be just, where does that lead us? Where does that? Where does that lead? I think we're we're very, very, very bad at thinking ahead, like seven generations, like Native Americans, right? We're very bad at that. Like if we keep growing, let's say, even if we just keep everything exactly as it is right now, there's an economy that's based on growth, based on finite resources going up, okay, on a finite planet. Where does that lead us? I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not a genius. I don't even understand the economy and how it works. <laughs> but <laughs> that seems to lead to, it, it just doesn't seem to be coherent. It's not not in harmony. Maybe there you go. It's not in harmony with life. It's not um, conducive of beauty. Beauty isn't ingrained in it. And that's not a world that I'd like to contribute to. Um, yeah, this is myself. so good. Wow, this is so good, dude. So we spoke earlier about um, like, do you beat your heart, or like, do you know how to process your blood? Like, 
no, you don't know it. The mind can't know that. The same thing of like, well, you don't know what's best for the world. That's true. You won't know, but there is something that can animate you for the answer. Mm. Right? Like life knows, life knows exactly what the fuck it wants to do. (laughs) And again, so it's this process of just like empty yourself of yourself, like just absolutely empty yourself of your personality, of your desires, of your goals, of your hopes, your dreams, like just (sighs) drop all of you, just drop it. And then the thing that arises beyond that is what life wants to call forward through you. Mm. I think another way to frame this would be like, try to resist everything you think you want to do until you just literally cannot resist it. Mm. Like until you just can't stop. That's a very different approach, but I really like that to letting go and letting life. Oh, letting go, let life. <laughs> let go, let life instead of trying to make things go the way we think. I think which to me has to do with the humility. Um and I, I find that it's there's a lot of like passion. There's a lot of I'm sure this is the way in the entrepreneurial space, in the startup space, even from the people high up, like the really successful ones. Um but that might keep the economy growing. <laughs> but is that best for life? That's my question. <laughs> it might keep the economy growing. No. It might give lots of people money. It might get, get lots of people jobs. But is that what is best for life? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, I think there are a billion examples uh, immediately available where yeah, the endless growth of the economy is not what's needed. It's most certainly not what's most needed. Um, yeah, and there, there's like a naive argument, I think, that comes up of like, well, we can't just all burn it down because how are people going to eat tomorrow? And it's like, well, okay, again, this thing has momentum. It's not just going to halt immediately unless there was some, like the electricity went out or something. But damn, like just because it's going does not mean it's just, by that very nature should continue. Hmm. Like these are just weak. These are really weak arguments. Like it's, yeah. It's also just the general argument of like, you can't eat money. Like (laughs) you you can't shower in toxic rain. Like this stuff just doesn't work. Like it's, um, And it does seem strange that that's so, so difficult to convey. I do think, I think everyone actually inherently understands that, that like there's a substrate that there's a substrate of life that is necessary for life. And if that goes away, literally nothing else matters because everything, ah, this is a funny, this is a funny one because everything else we do in civilization is imagined. It's all just like playing house. We're like playing civilization. Like, look at all this cool stuff we're doing in the economy and GDP. And it's like, look, if electricity went away, none of this stuff would even be real anymore. Like this stuff is all fictional. It's all fictional. It's all story-based. That doesn't mean it's not good or not exciting or not cool, right? We, We highlighted that distinction, but my God, like the substrate has to continue. And it just so happens that the way we're choosing to play the game of civilization right now is actually going to lead to that going away, burning down, 
becoming toxic. And so, damn, we created the game of civilization. We dreamt it up. We should dream a new dream, one that actually lets us continue playing the game. Mm. Even on throw in, even if it doesn't, I really like that one. Even if it doesn't, even if we can continue um, and create technical solutions for trees <laughs> or for for the biome whatever um for me the most powerful question is is that actually what we want um do we really want is that what we really want or do we want to live in community connected to people that care about us that care about each other do we want to live in a beautiful world where we can look outside and in our gardens there are all these birds and creatures and kangaroos in the street i lived in canberra it was really cool there's kangaroos on the street <laughs> so it was really cool sometimes they go in my front yard and i can just walk up to them and just chill you know there's this again it, to me it's like the cultural arrogance it blinds us it blinds us yeah. it blinds us to what we really want that's why it's so um unhelpful to life when we're so arrogant in thinking we we know what's best and this is how things are. This is how things will be. But we don't even know what's going to happen in the next moment, let alone the next five years, let alone the next 100 years. We have no idea. And if we own that, we can actually start being like, hey, hang on. Okay, yeah, maybe that makes me a little uncomfortable right now. But let's sit in the uncomfort, sit in the discomfort and see what emerges. What will emerge is this, this life energy that's like, hang on, you know, we're creating the out oh, there's this amazing native american quote uh, i don't remember it exactly but it was like along the lines of you do not inherit the earth from your uh ancestors you are loaned it by your children i think that's an incredible yeah. recontextualization of our responsibility um to start waking us up to it and be like hang on like what's gonna happen <laughs> is this what i want <laughs> yeah and it, it why not? Is there a different way? It, it is, but it's also important, at least for me, I see that it's important for me to also acknowledge the difficulty of that because it's actually quite difficult to go against. There's like a gravity to all the opinions and beliefs and perspective of the current worldview. There's a gravity to it. Um, that's why it was so helpful to come across someone like Charles Eisenstein in the community, even you and all these people who see things differently because there's now a different gravity <laughs> it's different it's now it's not just you you can help you can come together you can explore and you're like hey you know i'm not actually just crazy there are other people like me also who think that maybe there's a different way and also say hey like look we don't know we're not saying we know the answers we're just saying it's it's not this <laughs> it's not this we've tried it out it's fun okay it's great but there's no point having fun if there's no you know there's no beautiful trees even if we could live without it there's no beautiful forests there's no beautiful animals there's no there's no yeah i find this amazing that once there was a time where you could look out into the ocean and see thousands of whales thousands now you'd be lucky if you saw two <laughs> like oh, yeah. that we don't we don't know that imagine our children they won't even know what a what a forest is they won't know what the, a lot of these species are they is that really what we want? Of course, it's not what we want. <laughs> of course, it's not. We're just caught up in this cultural arrogance, this pull of that we think we understand how the world is. 
without actually questioning and coming to really understand it. It's just a world of insanity at the moment. <laughs> Just full stop. If you keep saying that over time, you'll start to get the picture without needing to interpret it. <laughs> you just be like, "Wait a minute, what are the value systems?" Oh, I see. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's what I find quite. Um, I find quotes from like Native Americans really powerful. There was this one: um, "Treat the treat the river with the same kindness you would give your brother." And I thought that was really, really beautiful. Um, what's really cool to me is that, uh, like those cultures, the native ones, uh, that's a potential way of living in the world. And it's a lot more. It's like the whole world you see is so much different. Because in order to say that, you have to see it. Like you can't say it if you don't see it. So he see. That's how they really see the river. They see the river as. As a friend, as a part of life. But if you go around to someone and you ask, "Hey, do you identify with a river?" and say, "What <laughs> is a river a part of you?" Maybe conceptually, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, you know, the river has a, a water, and water goes." And conceptually, we have like, and you'd say, "Yeah, conceptually, the tree has oxygen." But like the natives, you know, they probably didn't know about all that science and stuff. We know about so much science, but we don't have that same perceptual lens. We don't see the sacredness. I actually feel bad for most people because that, like, I am very, I'm aware that there's more of that the divinity underlying all of creation. There's more of it for me to see. But even the thing that I can see right now every day is incredible. It's like so incredible that a walk anywhere is just beautiful and sacred. But most people don't see that, and it just. And that's absolutely tragic. And yes, that that is the one of the hallmarks of what made indigenous culture so good, right? The seven generations rule, like don't do anything that's going to fuck things up seven generations <laughs> down the line. Like that is such deep, such deep foresight. I can just imagine some dude, Native American, be like, don't do anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's as you were talking, there was another part that like kind of pulled at my heart a bit, which is, I think some people just support business as usual because they don't, A, they don't think something else is possible, mm. which is like a mental trap all in itself. But one of the, one of the deeper ones I think is they don't actually think they deserve it. They don't think they deserve anything better than this. Mm. And that I think is, really really hurtful like it hurt not hurtful it, it hurts my heart like it hurts my heart to think that but i definitely have reasons to i definitely have reasons to believe that people don't think they deserve like the garden of eden like they just don't think well actually damn like if you're like a strict christian like you're plagued with original sin and you actually don't deserve it. Like, so yeah. And given that Western culture, like stemmed largely from Christianity, like, yeah, it's actually baked in this, like justify yourself, like prove that you have the right to live here, like prove yourself. And actually that is the fundamental, like void driver in a lot of people. That's why they'll do anything because I need to prove that my life was worthwhile. I need to prove that I earned the right to live. I saw a tweet the other day that was like, 
how toxic even the phrasing of earning um earning the right to live or like earning a living wage something right. like that whereas like you actually have to earn your life which is ex unbelievably toxic unbelievably toxic and yeah so i do think there are generations growing up right now that don't in their heart of hearts don't think they deserve anything more beautiful than this hmm. it's one thing just not to know anything else which is it's probably a third point as to why business is usual they just don't know anything else is possible but there's there's also this sense of just like yeah this is kind of what i got like i guess this fits this is what i deserve this is who i am yeah and damn like that just that just really hurts my heart because again like you are the most beautiful creation ever you are infinitely powerful and infinitely beautiful and you deserve you deserve I don't know. There's two ways to look at it. You either deserve nothing because deserving is a construct or you deserve everything <laughs> or you deserve everything, which is kind of, it's still kind of the same thing. Like you deserve all of life as you want it unhindered as possible. Right. Like it's absolutely beautiful. Hmm. And you've already been given it. That's the cool thing. Is, yeah. Is when, when we let go of all these ideas we start to so see it's it. a mental thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've already, it's not that, yeah, to me, it's like, you know, there's the saying like, judge not, judgment is mine, said the Lord. And if, if we, the cool thing is that we hear all these things, right? But we don't actually take them seriously because if we take them seriously, we would live by them, but we don't live by them. We judge ourselves so much. We're so mean to ourselves. <laughs> We're probably mean to more mean to ourselves than we are to others. Um, we are, Absolutely. I would say. But if we take it seriously, then we see that, hey, you know, like the all loving, all merciful, all powerful, omniscient creator of all of life and all that is said not to judge. Oh, and that probably that power knows better than I do. Oh. <laughs> so it's really interesting because all judgment is this arrogance again but it's like seen as it's i don't know there's a blinder around it but actually judgment is is just a misperception it's a limited perception not all-encompassing because if it was all-encompassing there wouldn't be any how you can't judge anything but yeah that is quite a a hurtful thing to to hear about the um hurtful or not beautiful, not beautiful thing to hear that there are, there is this sense of undeservedness that, um, or worthlessness, which I think what, for me, what I've seen is a huge part of it is as kids, when we grow up, most of us are taught, are asked, consistently asked to justify ourselves, or maybe not even asked, we're told, say, explain yourself, justify yourself. And to me, I'll be really interested to hear what you have to say about this is about I've seen in the entrepreneurial for me, for example, I don't know. I just can't find within myself this like drive for purpose, for like purpose. There's a drive for meaning to understand. There is that drive or I wouldn't say drive, but there's a pull. It's more of a pull, a pull to understand. Hey, why? Where did I come from? What, what am I? But purpose seems to be this other thing, this other realm. And to me, what I've seen is that there's this like, this 
this inner emptiness which comes from this need to justify our existence which is damn that's a heavy burden i don't even know how it came to be let alone justify it man what <laughs> so that seems to me to create this this void which is filled by this drive for purpose you know it's not just like because someone what i hear for example very often in the entrepreneurial space is like purpose find your purpose purpose driven but you can do the same thing you can do the same thing you can serve people but instead of purpose it just be like hey like i enjoy serving life i i enjoy it i'm a part of life i'm serving life to me that's a lot more like it's a subtlety but it feels way more light than it does purpose purpose sort of feels heavy and also another concept another construct another constraint um you know i don't know what's your take on the whole purpose thing does that bring anything up for you yeah um the way it's landing right now is you can have you can have one you don't need one right yes there you go yeah like there there are a few ways to tease it apart yeah the need thing I think you're spot on with the emptiness stuff. It's also part of justifying your existence. If I have a purpose, I can aim somewhere, then I can achieve that thing. And then I'll have justified my life because I fulfilled my purpose, which again, completely untrue. I think another way to say this is. (laughs) Yeah. Life. (laughs) Don't need to talk. Um, Another way to say it, I think, and is actually, I guess it would be my personal answer is like, your purpose is your life. Mm. Like they're the same thing. Like just live your life. That is your purpose. That's all you need to do. Um, Cause yeah, there's, there's no single, this is a two part thing. There's no single purpose that can contain the entirety of who and what you are. There's, there's no single domain that can hold all of you because you're far bigger than any single purpose you could ever have. Right, because that's limited. A purpose is yeah. limited. It's constrained. The second, yeah. the second part of that, though, maybe there's three parts. The second part is voluntarily entering um, containers or like limitations is freeing, actually. Like you can't make a painting if you never chose a canvas, Mm. right? You can't just like paint all over the world, right? And so actually honing in on something is a, can be freeing. It can be empowering in a way. Like I think of like Michelangelo or Da Vinci, right? Like they actually chose actually, well, actually they were quite Renaissance men and did a bunch of shit, but they're largely (laughs) known for, for being artists. So yeah, you can actually hone in. Yeah, like locking in on something doesn't have to be a, a jail sentence. It can actually be a voluntarily right. like this is this is how I'm I'm embracing life by. But again, actually, I, I don't think right. anyone would. Ah. I, I don't think this necessarily would be called a purpose. Yeah, right? it might it might be called something else. Um, and I think the last point on it is just it all goes back to. Um, like sitting still and seeing what actually wants to what life wants to do with you. And mm. maybe, yeah, maybe it does just want to lock in and become the ultimate yeah. uh, fucking bread baker, the ultimate painter, the ultimate tea master, the ultimate entrepreneur. Like, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe the way life wants to express itself through you is with a singular purpose. 
Yeah. Right. But that's, that's a totally different thing than of course the like mental, like I have to pick one, let me go fucking find it. Let me hunt it down and let me, <laughs> let me do it. It's again, it's an entirely different orientation. Right. Right. Yeah. Although it, it, they all take the same shape of like, Oh yeah, well I have this life purpose. Like, yeah, I'm here to do X, but yes. it's yes. way different. If it bubbles up inside of you, like this is what the fuck I'm here for. Like, this is what life wants to use me for. Mm. Cool. It's mm. not something. It's more light. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. lighter. It's voluntary. It's emergent rather than being constrictive, forced, dis, uh, like planned. Right. Uh, like right. you, you just mess around into it. You kind of you grow it like a garden rather than yeah I shoot see. it like a target. Yeah. I just felt like um, like there was a lot of it was coming from a sort of underlying anxiety and uncertainty. Like I could feel that when someone would say purpose, what they really meant was, I'm not really sure what I am. I'm not really sure what I'm here for. So I'll lock myself into this and say it. And that will make it true. (laughs) It could also be like a reason to live. Yeah. Which is a heavy burden. Like you need a reason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. But that speaks to the whole cultural because that's popular in the culture is to justify existence. And that's like such a heavy burden. And if so long as we carry that weight, we can't, we're not open to life. We're not open to this life energy within us emerging something beautiful for the highest good of all of life. So I think that's probably what's the most important thing is just this collective healing, which is so difficult with the current perceptual lens we have as a society i've met so many like psychology students clinicians that don't have this inner compassion that themselves have not healed and yet they're healing others or so-called um helping others be better but what they're doing actually is just strengthening their ego or forming them into a little box little ego and saying that's healing but that's just functionality that's not healing you can't heal someone if you yourself haven't healed (laughs) you can't well not that anyone can heal anyone it's all happens of its own anyway but yeah there's just but all of this comes from questions you know all of this starts with a question being like hey maybe everything i think i see (laughs) is not what it is and all of it is wrong and i'm all i'm as much as I can, I open myself to that possibility that everything I see is, is wrong, that not, none of it is how it seems as much as I can. There's still restru- uh, resistance in that. And as much as I can, I look to understand that resistance and see what it's about and um, let go as much as possible until, until like what I see my alignment with is it, like being an empty vessel <laughs> for life. To just come up and just yeah enjoying the show yeah rather than exactly controlling and planning because who knows who knows what's best i don't i don't know if you do i don't know yeah not a chance not a chance i'm just fumbling around here yeah like again we looped back to the classic again this stuff is kind of a joke like like I love these conversations because they're fun. They're a beautiful aspect yeah. of life for me. But it's like, look, like you could just drop all of this. 
Like, just go back out into the world. Like, stop. If you're lost in all these questions, like, just stop asking them. And if you're having trouble stopping, like, get out of your mind, like, get into your body, get in the world, go do things. Because, like, it just will, it will emerge, right? This is, again, the control thing. It's going to happen whether you like it or not. Like, you can make the process a lot more difficult because you have this awareness and intention behind it. But, I mean, this stuff is going to happen. Like, just be in. Join join the pace of life. And there's also the, uh, like, you can move, you can move slower than the pace of life which is super passive being depressed you can also move faster than it this is like the anticipation this is wanting things before the time is right like you don't rush tomatoes growing like they grow when they fucking grow dude and if you eat them before they're ripe it's not very nice like your life is like that too right Mm. there's such a there's an increasing there's an increasing age where you have to have everything sorted out in culture now. Like eventually we're going to ask like 12 year olds to just have their entire life sorted out and have a million dollars in savings. Like at the rate we're going, it's going in that direction. And it's just, it's just so silly. Like there, there are plants and beings that mature and look more beautiful in the far last years of their life. There are some who look very beautiful right at the beginning. There are many who uh, like kind of bloom right in the middle. Like, and quite frankly, you don't know. You don't know what you are. It's kind of cool to find out. But honestly, like even using the mind, like using the mind is amazing. It can be really fun to do. But again, like science, it's just not capable of holding the entirety of your life. Like it's just a, it's just a little subset. It has a place, but it's just not the biggest one. Yeah, like jumping in kind of like a swimming pool and messing around with your mind and thinking stuff through, super cool, right? You get to deeper understandings, right? There, there, there's, a, there's a beauty of that. But geez, if you're having trouble with questions, like, again, you can just step out of the mind. You don't need to have this all answered. You can just allow life to come up through you and you are golden right well it's been a lovely chat mr eric as usual lovely chat and hey right right maybe you could share um at the end just a little bit about edge of being that's really cool for anyone that might be interested i think some people would be yeah for sure this edge of being (laughs) there's a, a classic a classic thing of like actually resisting until I just couldn't not do it. Um, Yeah. I've been writing these little like essay love letters uh, to an email, to an email list recently calling it the edge of being um, this kind of communal journey to just see how, how far out into inner space you can go. Mm. Right. And just documenting that journey talking about ideas around it. Uh, It's been really fun. It's been really fun so far. It also came from this kind of frustration I've been having where it seems like the vast majority of the content on the internet is beginner level. Mm -hmm. Like it's all like psychology 101 tricks or like how to start habits. Like it's all like very beginner level. 
And there's very little I've found that is like truly like intermediate advanced level. I'm not talking master, like I'm not a master at anything right now, but there's very little around the intermediate advanced range. And I got really frustrated with that, particularly for like the spiritual path or consciousness exploration or yeah, navigating reality. And so it just got to the point where it's like, fuck i'm gonna have to be the one to do this like no one like no one else is doing this and it just again became this like in like loud alarm inside of me where it's like no one else is doing this like this is gonna have to bubble up through me and so yeah been doing it for about a month now and it's cool. been it's been a lot of fun gotten some good feedback from it so awesome. like if anyone is interested it's both the essays the essays i write are are quite um they're about a topic. They're pretty specific, but I also have, I've been sharing some personal stuff in the emails uh, on the top and bottom. So also just wanting to share some of my own process and some of my own life, mm. because that has been a thing that life is bubbling up through me, opening, opening up more, being more vulnerable, sharing more. So this is a, an attempt to honor that, that feeling. Cool. I'll, I'll, I'll leave the um, website in the, description and eric thank you very much for being here and chatting for this time <laughs> as usual these are amazing i really i really like these we dive in so quickly and, get, and go to some really good ground so man thank you thank you brother great fun great fun and thank you listeners thank you very much i hope you enjoyed if you haven't listened to the other ones with eric there's about three other ones if <laughs> 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 you go from the start to the the end there's about three more thank you very much listeners have a wonderful day